Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiya, before we get into this podcast, please consider joining us on Red Men Plus. We have tons of amazing content coming out every single day in both podcast and video form. So get over there and sign up today. Now back to your podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men Podcast. Steve Hoare here with Dan Club and Steve Plunk. Before we start, I always forget to do this. If you're watching this right now live on Twitter, click in the link, come and join us over on YouTube and get involved in the live chat. We'll see you there. You're probably wondering, where's Chris, where's Paul? Have you checked our socials over the last few weeks? Uh, you'll know by now they're in America. Um, I think they might be on the way home or about to depart. I mean, they've been to the west coast of so LA, the LA region, and then for some reason the world allows Chris Page to get loose in Vegas. So, uh, yeah, my goodness gracious me. Next week's podcast extra. I know the, the saying is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I understand that. But what happens in Vegas we'll discuss on next week's podcast extra because... I've, I've I've had I've had social media, I've had WhatsApps, I've had texts, and yeah, it's been it looks like it's been carnage for them. So fair play, but I am glad to say two of our new signings, Dan and Steve, are here with me, lads. Welcome. Um, kickoff question. Let's just get straight into it. And for all you lot who moan all the time that the footy chat doesn't start until like fifteen minutes into the podcast, we're going to do a footy one just for you, just for you. Uh, so Arvid Palman. Apologies for butchered your name there, Paul. Says, um, what's your favourite stoppage time winner under Jürgen Klopp? But it can't be Origi versus Everton. I'll go for you first, Dan. Yeah, I think the caveat of not being Origi versus Everton was was a necessity in there. Um, it would have fallen. Because it would have just been, yeah, it would have been <laughs> Probably, a free fall yeah. on that, yeah, 100%. Um, I have been sort of toying with a few on this, but I've ended up on, and I hope I don't steal anyone's thunder, Sadio Mane at Aston Villa. Good goal. Good goal. Obviously, Robertson scores just minutes earlier. I was there, which probably gives it a little bit more oomph in my memory. Um, obviously, sort of pursuing the title, every point counted at that point. We were behind. That's when we won the league that day. Yeah, obviously, yeah, but yeah, but it felt like we needed to continue winning because City, we all know what they are. So, yeah, we were behind for so long in the game. It felt like one of them frustrating games, really, where it wasn't really going to happen. So, and it was right in front of us in the away end. Didn't and it, Bobby have a, like the offside by his arm? Offside, yeah, that was in the first yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was ruled out, yeah. So, and like I said, the Mane goal was, the, the Robertson one was in front of us, but it was at the back post, where Sadio Mane gets his flick on the front post. And I mean, I was looking at it. You know, when you're there and sometimes you see stuff, but you don't quite see stuff, I saw that goal. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that would be the one for me. There's been some big away ends at Aston Villa. I, I was there 
the season just gone when we come from one 0 down to, yes. yeah, yeah. to to beat them. Yeah, and I, I remember being there for remember when Ricky Lambert scored and he's in the crowd. Yeah, that that, that section where Villa put yeah, it's if you, it, it's it one can of the, be a boss it, section. It, yeah. it, when you do well there, it's an amazing one. I went there away. Uh, my uncle said I got some tickets for Villa. He put us in the whole thing, didn't he? Thanks very much. The Villa's version of the cop, and it was the Ronnie Rosenthal round the keeper at the bar game. That was yesterday, Sa- wasn't it? Dean yeah. Saunders scored twice on his home debut for them after we we told him because he couldn't do what we needed him to do so yeah <laughs> enjoy when Mark Walter scored scored a great volley I had hands in the pocket celebration for the fear of getting filled in by the by the Villa faithful mate so <laughs> we've all got memories of, of, of Villa Park good ground to go to, to be fair, yeah it's yeah. good, good what's your favourite injury time goal so uh, this is a, a large heavy metal football orientation and European football under the lights and for me it's Dejan Lovren against yeah. Dortmund mate uh, you know it's um, <laughs> when when Aubameyang scores and then Royce scores. You don't see us getting back into that game, and and we just went for it, didn't we? It was like, you know, sod it, let's just go for it, like. And Sacco scores, and then and then Lovren scores the header, and it's his face as he runs away to celebrate. So I would I would give that for me. I've always been a lover of Champions League football, and that's right up there with a the home game in terms of turning a tie around and an end of game goal. I always think like if we the win and be ball in that final, it might be it would even go one more. When the fact that you like goals when you're on the way to win and stuff mean that much better. If, if we the win and won that, you're open. I'm with you. It, it could have been better, but mm. that was an amazing, amazing one. Got a few shout outs in the in the live chat. Thank you to Mr. MH who mentioned the obvious one. Allison versus West Brom, yeah. Um, the issue with that was that it's lockdown season, and I, I always think when I'm in these situations, if I can, I always try and go for one. Mm. Whereas there, he also mentions Lallana v Norwich, Great heavy, me- heavy metal yeah. football. That one, but again, glasses as well. Yeah, the yeah. celebration was boss. Mine's so, Mane yeah. at giving it that money. Yeah, yeah. Mine's Mane at Goodison. Oh, off yeah, the post. Before, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I was in that one. Yeah, and yeah, it was just before Christmas. It was around my birthday, thing, and it was. I remember it was fucking freezing. Yeah, and it was a bit of a dog of a game. Yeah, and then I, I again I've, I've said told this story before, but all I remember is that some Evertonian threw a bovril at us, and it went all, and it went all over me. Suede, I like suede type Adidas trainees, like material ones. Yeah, yeah. Rue got home and they were fucking room with bovril, but it was not hard because it was fucking brilliant. And the flare comes over and stuff. Yeah, so man's money, but yeah, there's a absolute brilliant ones as well. So yeah, there you go. Let us know if you're not watching this live. Use the YouTube comment section below, or if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can tweet us at the Red Men TV. Your favourite injury time winner or stoppage time winner? What's the exact? Let's let's get the wording correct. Stoppage time winner under Jurgen Klopp, excluding Origi versus Everton. Um, in fact, what you're doing? Why is it? Why you guys who are watching us live have a little think of your own ones? Do let us know in the live chat right now, and you can do that while we go to this quick break, and we'll get some more of those answers. After these quick messages are you a fan of the content we produce here in podcast form do you love red men goodness in your ears on a regular occasion do you want to know more on and off the field info about liverpool football club get closer to the culture of the city and the club well you can do red men plus podcasts are now available to subscribe to on spotify yes we are taking the podcast section from red men plus and making it available as a standalone subscription here on Spotify so you don't need to jump over you can continue to listen to all of our content in the Spotify app it is available for £5 and you get full access to all of those shows each and every week and a whole host of extra content as well Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, there you have it. You want to get involved? German Scouts is our newest documentary. We'll be streaming live at 5 p.m. UK time on Wednesday the 21st, which at time recording is tomorrow. If you're listening to this after Wednesday, it was in the past and it's already available for you right now. So, yeah, basically some really big names talking about a really, the special link, obviously, between Liverpool, the football club, and Liverpool, the city, and German culture, Germany. Really, really good stuff. So get yourselves involved with that one. I'm sure you won't regret it. Redmenplus.com, sign up, and like I say, yeah, 5 p.m. on Wednesday. Before we went, I uh, asked a couple more of you guys to let us know about your favourite stoppage time goals under Jürgen Klopp. Um, who have we got here? We've got Salah versus Spurs, says Ashley Frith. Alisson versus West Brom again from James. Ashley says, Matip's goal the other day, we don't win that game against Ajax in the group stage, becomes tough. Unfortunately, Ashley, producer Joe informed us that was at the 89th minute. So it's null and void, unfortunately. It does not count as a stoppage time winner. Although Carvalho very much does. Um, and then Bjorn says Collymore versus Newcastle again other than the fact that it wasn't under Jürgen Klopp <laughs> good effort yeah, it was yeah. a good goal but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's got to go it's got to go it cannot be counted so yeah, there we go thanks all you guys for getting involved right then let's talk about the actual Reds now Dan I'll come to you first mm-hmm. um just want to talk basically, I'll say, the title of this podcast is Take a Break, and we're all very much taking a break. We were enforced to take a break over the weekend, but this is the break that we were meant to have. Yeah. <laughs> it just it happened to be longer for, for all the reasons uh, around the, the state funeral and things like that. But usually international breaks I find very, very annoying. I think that they always come at the wrong time, and you're always like, oh, you're bored, and... It feels like for a number of reasons this has come at a good time for everybody, including the fan base, but more so Liverpool and the, with the injury list. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like this potentially could be a welcome break for the Reds. Yeah, I think so. I think there was definitely something. Well, something has been clicking, has it, all season long, essentially. Literally from sort of the get-go with that Fulham game, obviously. So 
we are going through, I don't want to call it a transition because I don't, I don't believe it is, but we are going through changes in the way we play. And we are trying to implement a slightly new style with new faces, obviously, particularly in Darwin Nunez. And it does feel as though whatever happened in pre-season, it hasn't quite gelled yet, it hasn't quite clicked together yet, for whatever reason that is. So I think having more time to work on things, whether it be Klopp and his staff working on stuff, because obviously they're not going away to play, whether they just need to work on something just to tweak something. For, so when we come back into action, it does work better because things just aren't clicking at the moment. And obviously you mentioned that's more of a tactical point of view. There's obviously injury issues as well to throw into that mix with key players missing all the time. And even that felt a little bit relentless because we would get a couple of players back, for instance, Thiago coming back and we're all buzzing. And Andy Robertson does his knee and they think, oh, it just felt like one of them things. It was kind of, it was similar to the season we lost all the centre backs in many ways, in the respect that yeah. they weren't all in the same position, but we couldn't catch a break when it comes to injuries. We just couldn't get everyone fit at the same time. So having this little prolonged rest period now, which is what it is with the internationals, and too many players are going, in my opinion, but some players aren't going away, which is obviously great news, Thiago being one of them. So having this little break now. And people were getting frustrated with the performances and the lack of quality that we were showing. So having this break has come at the ideal opportune moment for me. And we also have some of the players who have, haven't gone and who's going to be featuring in the second sleeve. But Neil Jones said something interesting on a general insight to Paul a couple of weeks ago and he said it feels like the fans are knackered as well because of how many games we got to last season, played every game, got to a final. You know, anyone who was in Paris was already a little bit disillusioned with football after that for, for the obvious reasons. It felt like... Even this season, even us, like, we're a bit... And listen, it's our job, and we're, we're always up for it as best you can. But I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a little bit like Groundhog Day. It was, oh, my God, we've only just finished. And we're back playing it. By the end of June, the friendlies were back on again, and we were in here going, what has happened there? Like, we yeah, had, like, yeah. I feel like we, as, as a fan base, even, like... And because of the season has been a bit of a slog so far, you can't get away from that. The results have not been good enough. It feels like even the fan base like, is quite happy to just go and breathe and chill it feels like again usually we're all moaning at the footy where's the footy where's the footy but I feel like again it might be different maybe in a week or two's time but personally I don't know I've been glad of this break just from a a mental point of view just that everybody relax a little bit yeah so recharge your batteries time is next we didn't get the opportunity to do that in the summer you're quite right we were back in here doing watch alongs for the pre-seasons before we knew it and that's had an effect on the players it's transcended itself onto the pitch and back into the stands I think everyone feels a little bit flat at the moment. We came so close to yep. to like sort of iconic yeah. status that would never be repeated ever again. We were we were, we were minutes away, minutes yeah. away from the greatest season has ever been. Exactly, exactly. In, uh, in terms of we, again the Villa thing and then obviously the final. I I still think I, I still maintain. I think if we'd have won the league, I think we'd have won the European Cup. I agree, mm-hmm. and the fallout from from going into that, that situation where you can end up with all four, and you shouldn't say this, but there are fans that think we only got the domestic trophies that has an impact because we were so close and everyone was fully invested 110% it was draining to watch at times wasn't it so we've not really had the opportunity to sort of reset the clock and rebalance ourselves and have a break we're getting one now and obviously we'll get one again during the World Cup in November but I think this is this is a good time for everybody there are 12 players gone away which is not helpful but you know at the end of the day we get to draw a breath and reset and start again when we come back yeah, and the thing is, Dan, I suppose, mate, is that you mentioned before there's a lot of players. Like, if you if you want the best teams in the world, you're going to lose your players. Mm-hmm. There's just no bones about it. Very, you know, City are going to lose a billion players, and Real Madrid. Like, that's what happens to big teams. You just lose your players. Yeah. So who have, who's definitely gone on international duty? We've got Ali Van Dijk, Trent, 
Costas, Fab, Harvey Elliott's gone with the England under twenty ones. Salah, these are senior players, by the way, loads of the young lads have gone, but Salah, Diaz, Jota, Darwin Nunez, Bobby Firmino's been called back up to Brazil, which was a half a shock, but fair enough. Mm-hmm. And then we found out today Jordan's Henderson's been called up by England. Um the horrendous ill feeling of, oh my god, someone's gonna get injured aside, which you'll never get rid of in international footy. It feels like somewhere I actually could do with the games, Dan. So I'm in particular I'm thinking Jota, yeah. Nunez, mm-hmm. and even Jordan. Henderson could do they haven't played for a while their first game back it won't be I know I know Jota and Nunes have been in and off the bench but they haven't played 90 minutes before if they can build up some legs over with their national teams and especially Jordan who hasn't played for three weeks touch wood but that's where the positives can come in international like Jürgen apparently was happy to let Jordan go yeah. because we're like well Jürgen needs games go and play again Jota hasn't been able to play 90 yet Darwin Nunes hasn't really done 90 minutes for mm-hmm. us and again, the suspension done him a little bit, but it does feel like in those three in particular could do them well to get some games again, provided they don't get injured. Yeah, that is the ultimate positive way of looking at it. That's like ultimate glass half full, isn't it? And, and I agree with you, and it could work out superbly, and I, I would personally take that standpoint as well, being a, a positive Liverpool fan, that those players will get minutes that they need, particularly Jordan Henderson. He will come back and he'll be ready to go for us because... We, we we do miss him. We miss his leadership skills. We certainly miss him from a defensive standpoint on the right hand side of midfield. There's absolutely no two ways about that. But for me, I think there obviously that overriding concern with all of them players, particularly Jota and Henderson, is that their injuries have kind of been recovered recently. Jota obviously gets yep. back from his ankle problem and then does something else pretty much straight after. And you think, oh, could really do with him not. We've only just seen him. Like we've just seen him the other day start for the first time and he's brilliant and he set up the goal for Salah and you think, oh, we've missed Diogo Jota. Then he goes away. So there is obviously that nagging concern that something's going to happen. Like he's going to start one of these Nation League games and he's going to pick up whatever. So that's the overriding feeling there. Henderson the same. Like I tweeted this morning from obviously our account that we haven't seen him since 31st of August. Hasn't kicked the ball in anger. Hasn't played a minute's worth of footy. And yet it feels like he's just got his hamstring right and he's back in the England squad. That's a frustration from my point of view because I don't really understand. He's obviously not picking on form there. He's picked Henderson, which is a... A credit to him for his leadership qualities. Obviously, he's picked him because he likes him being part of the squad, which is superb. And f- fair dues to Jordan Henderson. He's going to go, and he's going to go to the World Cup. So I think South, I think Southgate's gone. You're going to the World Cup. Yeah, if it's coming, come, come, come yeah. get in. Which Especially is, with Carvin Phillips being injured as well. One hundred percent. Yeah, which is great from his point of view. But like I say, from a fitness and a, a solely Liverpool perspective, I do worry about that yeah. because I just think oh, I don't want him to break down while he's there. You know what I mean? But I, I totally agree on the Nunes point. By the way, I think Nunes going away, being part of the international setup, being part of his compatriots and his friends, and potentially scoring a couple of goals is by far and away the best thing that could have happened. I think the Henderson situation, you're right, you know, he needs time, he needs to, to train. He will train with us anyway, so if he's going to break down, he's going to break down with Liverpool or England, irrespective. Matches, I, I take though. your point. Yeah. Um, I think he's a 20-minute scenario for Henderson in these games because think so. I think the go-to will be Rice and Bellingham and then he'll come on and sort of see out the, the end of the game, which will be important because this is another player that sometimes needs a couple of games to find his rhythm and he's a really key part of the team in terms of the defensive responsibility and the leadership. So you're 100% correct, Dan. He, he is like the, the ideal guy to have in and around your squad because he's, he knows how to conduct himself. He knows what to say, knows when to say it and his leadership qualities are immense. And, and you're right, Steve. There's no way this guy doesn't go to the World Cup. So... Mm. Um, 
If he goes with Klopp's blessing, that's great for great for us because it means he comes back and he's sharper and he's closer to match fitness. That's the thing. He's going to play. Yeah. He's going to have games. And he could. He, there was talk, wasn't he? He probably would have been in and around the Chelsea game. Uh-huh. That game, he probably wouldn't have been, been on the bench. So he could do it from games. And if he comes back and he, he can, he's good to go. I always feel like when someone comes back from injury, you never see someone start. It's just I don't know if it's manager, if it's medical team down, but they always go get on the bench. Or, you know, I mean, I'm going to give you 20, and then the next game you'll start, maybe, but you'll do an hour. Mm. It could be like England could be giving, giving him the 20 so that he can start. If, if Jürgen wants to use him against Brighton, he might, he might not. But he's, if, he, if he's played a couple of couple of cameos for England and yeah. he's trained with them for a week and a bit, again, if provides it doesn't break down, which is the ultimate thing here, mm. he, he can walk in against Brighton and you've got no, you've got no worries. If he hasn't played those matches, you're, you're half thinking... Oh, a bit he, of a gamble. Yeah, he wouldn't start against Brighton, would he? Not for this international break. There's absolutely no two ways about that. And it worked out. It could. That's the ideal scenario. It could work out perfectly from our perspective. And that would be what I would like to see happen. Like Steve says, I'd like to see him play a couple of cameo roles for England and get his minutes under his belt, come through, you know, clean slate and go again when he comes back to us then. That's, that's ideal. There's no two ways about it. And you're right. Like, we never, nobody ever starts when they come back from injury. That's just not how it works. Like, fussy just doesn't work like that. And whatever that's right, or wrong but I think it's a concern element there's always that element of risk if you start someone and they do break down after 15-20 minutes like that looks really bad on the manager and even the medical team and obviously you're then forced into an early change whereas if you do it later it's not so much of an impact on what you're trying to do so but yeah I think I, I do hope all of them obviously come through unscathed and the Alexander Arnold one is an interesting one because form-wise we, we always kind of cry out for him to be involved and why is he not involved but form-wise you'd have to say it's an interesting pick, really, I suppose. But he's another one who could actually benefit from this little break and maybe have a good couple of games being part of the England setup and come back like Nunes, sort of renewed confidence-wise. We've got a Harrison in the chat who says it also gives Hendo more time to chat Jude Bellingham up here. That is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a great show. Get, get, yeah. Go and fix the tie again for with Jordan. Yeah. In terms of the players you haven't gone to the... Yeah. Uh, so, in terms of, again, first-team players, Adrian... Pitaluga, obviously. You've got Matip, who's retired. Joe Gomez, Nath Phillips, Thiago. James Milner, again, retired. He probably will get a game, probably get a game for England, maybe. Um, maybe not. Arthur, <laughs> Bacetic, Carvalho, and then we found out today Navi Cater's not going. I, think, I don't think there was ever any, any real doubt about that one. Of those, the main two, and it's the reason I put them on the thumbnail of, of the show, is that it's Matip and Thiago. They are two lads who you need to manage the minutes off. Yay, basically, just yay. Like the fact that we've we've had them and then we can, <laughs> they can have a break and then like it's almost like top on the tank up again. Because at some point, if you play four league games on a run, there's no way I don't think Matip and Thiago play ninety minutes in all of them. But if they play against, if they play Ajax and then they have a break and then you come back for for Brighton and they might get ranges out of them. Like it does feel like you're top on the tank up on those two because they are such big players. They're the the best two players on the pitch against Ajax the other night. There's no reason Liverpool. Sorry, there's no coincidence. Liverpool are a million times better. You, Older, like Thiago is still available. Matter Spain just haven't have chosen not to select him again. Good for us, bad for him. But again, those two in particular, just getting another couple of weeks and topping the legs up could be massive. Because after the break, Liverpool again, it's, it's going to be relentless. Yeah, it's going to be hectic. I think with regards to those two guys, Matip and Thiago, they're doing strengthening and conditioning work in the gym to just to re- rebuild the muscles that, that are the problems for both of them. Particularly Thiago's injury was was a muscular one. But you look at the rest of that and you wonder what actually you can do as a squad to in, in, enhance and improve what we do going forward. Um, you can work on passages of play to, to, to a degree. Peter Luger trains with us but plays with Macclesfield, doesn't he? So mm-hmm. nothing will change for him. Um, Adrian is Adrian. He'll just come in when you need him. Um, good to see, you know... Um, 
Is Kelleher training again now? No, he's still injured, isn't he? He's close, but he's yeah, close. Yeah. But but Gomez, there's a bit of work to do with Gomez, more from a psychological for me than a, than a physical point of view, because the first half of Napoli was bad, and you need to spend some time reinforcing him and building him up again. Because he'll have known that was bad. He probably took his shirt off on the way in, knowing he wasn't coming out again for the <laughs> second half. Um, the, the Nat Phillips thing's neither here nor there. He's a squad player, isn't he? And, and Arthur's an interesting one because Arthur, fair play to him, put his hand up to get involved uh, this week in another game. But yeah, we'll be working on yeah. working on his conditioning because, let's be honest, he, he was in he shocking it. state when he turned up, wasn't he, in terms of his physicality and how he looked. He's a million miles away from sitting in the centre midfield of Liverpool. Apparently so, yeah. Physically. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Like it. He, and it, I saw, I don't know if you guys watched it, obviously on, on Expert Insight, when we signed uh, Arthur, it was Andy Brassel, Paul spoke to him, it's available now on Revan Plus, go and, like it, go and uh, have a watch or listen to it. And it was mentioned by some in Barcelona that, like, he quite liked the Barcelona nightlife, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he, because he wasn't playing, it was like, well, fuck this. Why, why wouldn't you, by the way, going down the rambles? You can see him down there. It's brilliant. So I can get it. So maybe again, he just need matches. It was interesting to him, Carvalho and Nat Phillips all played for the 21s at Leicester at the weekend. Again, he's another one. I don't know where we're at with him, Arthur, but he, again, he's, he's one down that. He might have half an eye on the World Cup still. I know it's mad to say that, but he's probably thinking that's his motivation. Not only get back and get playing some footy, but mm-hmm. who knows? Like Bobby, they've just called Bobby Firmino back up and things like that. And it might be, yeah, it, we're going to see him at some point, I guess. I don't think this is going to be a Ben Davies where we just never see him. And I might be wrong on that, but at some point, Arthur's going to play. You'd, you'd like to think so. So, yeah, you're right. This is a good, couple, again, another couple of weeks for him just to really build it up because he needs to prove that he's he's physically capable of playing for us before he, yeah. before he does anything it's definitely a fitness thing with him like we're talking about a calibre you mentioned Ben Davis there like with all due respect to Ben Davis he was always a bit of a surprise stopgap sign and with Arthur we're talking a completely different calibre of football like this man cost £60 million nigh on a couple of years ago you know what I mean we're talking a different ball game altogether um, but in terms of it is is sort of attributing the qualities he can bring to Liverpool they're all there but there's no doubt about it like he looked a million miles off it pace and mm. fitness wise but that's not really a a detrimental statement towards him he just hasn't played a lot of football like if he's been spending too much time down the Ramblers eating paella then that's a different conversation <laughs> but for me it just looked like a lack of football and he just like not like he was ready so this two week break again for him has come at the ideal time he was never going to be included in the Brazil stuff for this one so for him and, and credit to him because it would have been easy especially on loan somewhere you just joined it might have been easy for him to go do you know what no I'm going to go and spend time with my family I'm going to go to Florida, back to Barcelona, whatever it may be. He's, well, yeah, he's sort of my life out. He's probably still, he's probably got stuff in his house in, 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 yeah. in Turin, hasn't he? Yeah. He's boxing off. A couple like. of runs, like, yeah, 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 a couple of runs with the lobby. But um, <laughs> no, fair news to him for saying, no, you know what, I'm going to stick around, I'm going to prove me worth, I'm going to get fit and play for the 21s, because not many, sort of sort of high-end international footballers like he has been, not many would have done that. And it's it's a credit to him for doing so. And I hope we do see some of him moving forward. And I assume we will. And I think he could have a part to play because... We all we were crying out for that extra body in midfield, and he's here now. We just need to get him fit. Even if he is the like, the half an hour in a game to just rest someone, like the absolute worst case, you've got to be you've, you've still got to be of a level. You know what I mean? Like even if it is, well, Fab needs half an hour or, or anyone because I know he's not really a DM, but you'd imagine he might he might be comfortable-ish playing as a six in a game that Liverpool are comfortable in. Mm-hmm. But if he's got to go and spell somebody, that's the absolute worst case. The, the best case is he's just brilliant and he refines the form that. Persuade the Barcelona to pay all that money for yeah. him, but again, coming in really, very late in the window, and he's not stupid. He'll know he was an afterthought because you know he's been getting. He was available all the time. If Liverpool wanted him, they could have got him day one of the summer. So he, was, he knows. He knows the, 
the lay of the land. But like I say, it's a good chance for him now to, over these couple of weeks to really cement himself in it. And like I say, put himself, because with all due respect again to a lot of players playing for Liverpool at the moment, I don't think really Thiago aside and potentially Harvey Elliott, no one in that midfield is covering themselves in glory, really. No. There's, a, there's a spot to be won. Off, again, you, uh, Thiago's untouchable when he's fit, but you've got, again, minutes. The rest of them, and I include Fabinho in this, who hasn't had a really good start to the season, in my opinion. Nobody's at their peak level best where you're thinking how oh, do I get in here you, you, there's a chance for him if you can prove it well there's a player in there because this is a guy they bought to sort of when the Xavi Iniesta cycle was coming to an end to go and sit in the midfield with Busquets and be a conductor of football if you like um, they were happy for Thiago to go to Bayern Munich they didn't see him in their long term plans they brought this lad in mm-hmm. he settled in he played a few games and then he decided he liked the nightlife and things like that it didn't work out for him he goes off to Juve to join one of about 45 centre midfielders that they, they do every summer would have found that difficult he could actually be sitting there right now thinking, okay, my career's not gone great. This is the last chance saloon. At a big club, you think yeah, yeah. The, next, the next move for him is a, a Europa League team. He's downwards. It? It, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is probably his last chance. Because like, this is the third one. Barca, Liverpool, Juve. This is like the third elite, elite footy team. It might be last it chance. Happen, There's yeah, not yeah. going to be anyone else. If it doesn't work at Liverpool... He's playing Europa League footy at best, isn't he? Your, your big clubs like PSG, who, who typically go looking for players, are not going to knock on the door and say, it hasn't worked at Barca, it hasn't worked at Juve. His loan spell at Liverpool was uninspiring. Tell you what, we'll take a punt on him. He's going to end up at somewhere like Hoffenheim or somewhere like that. You know, No disrespect to them, but a side that will get into Europe but have no ex- real expectations... That's damning on your career. So yeah. this is his opportunity to turn it round. Absolutely. In, ter- in terms of the injured players, Dan, and we'll move on to that because, again, another couple of weeks, get some of these back. And if it sounds like the news is coming out, are that a few of them quite close? Kelleher's probably the closest one to being back. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it doesn't touch wood, doesn't really affect us in terms of anything. He's got, he'll have his eye on that Derby County game in November. Um, yeah. Ebu, we're thinking is starting to train after the break, so it could be a while, but a big one there, definitely for sure. Andy Robbo, we're not a hundred percent. It was a knee injury, but Jürgen said after the international break, so again, fingers crossed that's one for him. Calvin Ramsey is doing some training. Again, we really could, we could really could do is yeah, we, he's like a figment of our imagination at the moment. The only yeah. time I've seen him is laughing his head off on the sidelines when when Darwin Nunes is giving us the beans against Newcastle. Um, and then. Oxley Chamberlain is a bit longer, Kate's a bit longer, and then this strange Curtis Jones thing that we're not hundred percent sure. But in theory, Robbo could be Kelleher, Robbo, and Ramsey could be available for selection. Canate could be close as well. It's again, Ox, and we don't really know with Curtis. It's only Ox and Abbey. You're looking at the middle of October, apparently before they can train. But the squad's starting to pad out. Provided everyone else can stay fit, that's the again keep going back to it. But all, the, none of those lads, that Robbo aside, really. I wouldn't say any of those are first choice players. You can, mm. Ibu might argue that mm. with me, and I, who am I to argue with him? Yeah, I wouldn't argue. I, that I wouldn't argue anything with him. He, he could, wins. He, he could tell that. me the sky is yeah. pink and green, and I go, yeah, yeah. if you say so, yeah. big fella. Play, but like. it, it's the back, it's the bench and the backup and the rotational options, right? Oh, Matip needs a rest. Okay, here's Big Ibu. Yeah. All right, you know what I mean, like. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, and and the bench has been that thin at times this season. It's something we've had to had to speak about, and it's something we've mentioned quite a lot, like the two goalkeeper situation we've touched on numerous times. <laughs> That's mad, isn't it? it? What's so frustrating about it is that Harvey Davis is getting win, but well, I say win bonus, we haven't won yeah. any. We've got a couple of bonuses, and, yeah, <laughs> and he's getting experience by travelling with the squad all the time, and that's obviously great, but it's not ideal for us, especially when. 
we've sort of campaigned or Jurgen Klopp has been a leading campaigner for five subs for so long we get it and we can't make any use of it it's no good to us so far this season because we haven't had the options there like I I'm going to harp back again to Manchester United game but we had no options to change that game off the bench the only one who half did was Fabio Carvalho and he did do well when he came on but with these players coming back, we could potentially have four players, whether it be Simicast for Robbo, he could come on and change it. Calvin Ramsey, like you say, unknown quantity. We don't know a lot about him yet, but the way Trent's been playing, well, Klopp's actually been making that right-back substitution without Ramsey being there. He's been giving it to Milner and he's been sort of chopping and changing that way. So having Ramsey available could be a huge bonus to what Jurgen Klopp's trying to do. Um, and Canate, Canate is an interesting one because without forgetting you've got him, You've, we've almost forgot we've got him because he hasn't played at all like it was our Strasbourg game we watched in there he yeah. went off and we all thought oh no here we go but you say there that you know they're not first choice there's a, it's a big argument to say that he was at well time he, he started the Champions League final exactly. you pick the best teams we've met him he, he could be Jürgen's first choice yeah he yeah. started the biggest games last season didn't he, he? Did. like yeah. all the time it was a real, not strange but Matip started like more consistently but then when it was a big one FA Cup semi-final Canate was in Champions League like final yeah, exactly yeah so there's some interesting choices there, but there are also, like I'm looking at the injury list there now, and there's some really frustrating ones for me. Like Ox, we know about that, but Cater, again, we, Curtis Jones, he is he bewilders me, his injury problem. Like how many times does he have a, these things? Apparently, Steve Hunt, again, what Jürgen was saying, it was in his press comments, wasn't it? It's something to be like growing, and he's like a stress fracture of the tibia, and again, young people can get this, and especially him, because when they have a growth spurt and the body doesn't quite catch up. I think Stevie G had this with his back he did, for yeah, a while he did, when yeah, he was yeah, younger. Yeah, like, right. it, can, it can happen. But again, he's another, another one. one isn't it? He, he always he always seems to be injured at the wrong time because there was a chance there for Curtis to go and play three, four, five games on the run and, and he's never been able to really do it. Lockdown season, he did. And actually, I think that's when we saw the best of him because yeah. he had consistently played. When he's in and out of sides and I think it's fair to say he's never nailed, again, he's another one who hasn't nailed it. He hasn't just made himself undroppable. It is. A, it must be very frustrating for him, but also very frustrating for everyone around Liverpool because it's one of those things. Seemingly, you just can't do nothing about it. It's just got to run its course. Well, this was a big season for Curtis for me because we're going to make changes to the midfield in the summer. And this was his opportunity to say, "You can include me in that because mm. I've, I've delivered across the season for you when you asked me to." Yeah. And it's going to be November before we even, probably even get a look at him in the Liverpool shirt this year. It really, really highlights the fact that Arthur's in the squad and trying to get fit because if you look at the last three names on that list, unfortunately this season, we've not been able to count on those guys. Ox, for obvious reasons, Cater, because we, we don't know, and Jones, because silly little injuries, not silly little injuries, but niggly little injuries that, that make him unavailable. So Arthur has a big role to play and he's filling three shirts there. He's, he's covering three, three, three players. You're 100% correct about Ramsey. What is he? What do we know about him? Not much. Um, if we're going to do the 60-30 thing with the fullbacks, because Klopp has come out and said he likes the energy in the last 30 minutes, tailor-made for him to big come role. in. Yeah, big, big role. Big role for him to come in. Um, the Canate one, you said at the time in the Strasbourg game, you thought that was a bad injury. And it, it turned out to be that, didn't it? So, And obviously, uh, you know, for when Adrian has had to step in for Keller, he's done okay. Yeah, he, <laughs> he hasn't got a big howling mistake in him this, in, in it so far. Now, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, yeah, but 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 he's he's done okay. You know, he's co not covered himself in glory, but he's done okay. But the first four names on that list: Callagher, Canate, Robertson, and Ramsey. If you can put them back in your match day squad, it changes everything. We don't need to be getting to seventy-five minutes. We're looking for a spark, and we bring James Milner on. That just doesn't work, does it? So we need many more options, and getting those four guys back in, and some of the other players fit. It's a shame about Jones because this was the season he needed to show us what he was worth. Yeah, but again, it, it, 
it's it's 21 there's a lot of time ahead of him Dan but also yeah. there isn't because Steve's right we all we all think and we've been saying who knows but we all think that Liverpool are going to reinvent their midfield a little bit mm-hmm. Ox is going to go yep. Milner I mean we keep saying this but probably would you be Naby as it stands won't have a contract so he's going to go mm-hmm. Arthur Mello's on loan yep. who knows like there's an option to buy but he's got to prove he's worth buying Curtis he's, he would just the, the there shouldn't be any question marks, but there is. Mm. You mean like, the rest of them are going to stay? So Fab stay and Elliot stay and Thiago stay and Henderson stay. They're all going to be around, and you Curtis should be in that mix. And he might end up being in it just because you don't want to be, be changing five or six midfielders in one. So it's, it's it's too much to do. But it's fair to say there, there's a, there was an opportunity for him to go and become a first team regular because Harvey Elliott's doing it, and he's older than Harvey Elliott. He's he's been in the pool longer. Yeah. Fabio Carvalho usurped him, I think, in the pecking order, and that can happen when you're not playing. It's, it must be really frustrating for him. Mm-hmm. But also, like I say, for Liverpool, I don't think Liverpool know, and I might be wrong, I don't think Liverpool know exactly what they've got in Curtis Jones. I don't think there's a, he's nailed on to be here for five years. You just can't say that. Everyone will categorically agree Elliot's here to stay. Yeah. He just is. Trent, after the year, you're like, yeah. Curtis is 21 now, and you can't say that about him. And then this should have been the time when he come and announced himself, and he just hasn't been able to do it. And like I say, it, sometimes you've got you get bad luck of injuries, and that's what mm-hmm. that's what does your career or makes and breaks things. But yeah, he, really by now we should know. Yep, yeah, Curtis is either good enough or he's not, mm-hmm. and we just don't know at the moment because of the injury situation, another injury situation. Yeah, it, it, it's a story as old as time, isn't it? In terms of injury, sort of curtailing development of young players, and, and it is getting towards a time where you think Curtis Jones might be another one of them. It's very unfortunate to say, but you've both alluded to it there. He's had opportunities whereby you think there's a chance for him to sort of nail down his place and get a good run of football, but it was an eye injury last year, wasn't it? That's that's right. Right. In the eye or something. And then there's something else this year, and again. It, it, unavoidable things in many ways you almost feel sorry for him that they're happening to him but at the same time from like a blanket sort of no we need him it's not happening at all from a Liverpool perspective um, and you're right Elliot and Carvalho are ahead of him in the beckon order whether he's fit or not right now and that must be frustrating for him because he is older than them two he should be the one leading the way he should be the one sort of taking them under his wing and going oh no I'll, I'll bed you into the side don't worry I've done it before I've made my breakthrough I'll look after you but he's not getting to do that because he's not fit enough and he's not available enough there are big changes coming in the midfield. I think we've all seen that. We all know that there's going to be midfield signings. And Curtis Jones, much like Naby Keita, I don't think Naby Keita's playing enough football to warrant a new contract. I've said it since day one. I, I don't see it happening right now. Curtis Jones needs to be playing a lot of football between now and the end of the season to warrant his place in the side. Otherwise, he is in danger of being forgotten about. And we're not... I think Jurgen Klopp's a big fan of his. I think he's got a lot of faith in him. One issue he has got is his positional transition because obviously we play a, a very much set system that might alter in the future but we play a set system now he's a winger much like Harvey Elliott has been transformed into a midfielder I think he's done it okay I don't think he's done it as well as Elliott has he doesn't have the defensive mindset the same conversations we're having about Elliott on the right hand side you could have about Curtis Jones on the left but I do think he's made that development okay but there are major concerns there and would anyone be surprised really if we got to sort of May, June next year and he hasn't nailed down the spot and there's talk of him maybe moving on again because there has been in the past it, it wouldn't shock me at all and it's a shame more than anything it is a shame he's, he's currently on on a meritocracy point of view sixth place sixth choice in midfield if you've just five players in front of him this this is the season when he needed to become the third or the fourth and, and really be the, the go-to guy when something fell, fell over in midfield is, he will, will have missed a third of the season by the time he comes back and you do wonder how he recovers that ground 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. and yeah, there's talk about signings and stuff like I say. There's a lot to go on here. I feel like I'm hoping to get Curtis Jones back soon, but who knows? Again, this stress injury, more time to, to heal up, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, hopefully, like taking a break, the international break, hopefully does Liverpool some favours. Fingers crossed, everyone can just stay fit. Right then, after the break, we're going to be talking about this new deal for football that's been reported in the Times. But before we get there, speaking about changes in football and all that kind of stuff, recently Liverpool Football Club announced that it's, uh, the setup of the inaugural LFC Supporters Board. And we had Joe Blot, who's the chairman of that board, in for a special interview. So we'll show a little clip of that now, and we'll be back after this break to talk about the new deal for football. I think the first thing is, I, I, you know, Spirit of Shankly, the LDSA, uh, Cop Outs, etc., they will all retain their independence and their right to challenge um, and hold the clubs to account on the issues that affect them on a day-to-day basis. So, so nothing's changed from that point of view. This doesn't dilute, weaken, or anything else to challenge that that those organisations have. Um, what the supporters board do, do, does is actually, as, as you quite rightly said, sort of gel things together at a strategic level. So a couple of examples of that, you know, clearly, uh, you know, if we pick on ticketing, ticketing is the, is, a, is the biggest issue that any of us face for, for a whole host of reasons, whether that's access, whether that's £9 tickets for kids, whether that's local access, whether that's credits, ways, all of those things. What happens is, is that we tend to have those conversations on an incremental basis. Um, so it's when the issue arises that we then have a conversation. And of course, as we all know, you know, you you, you stand down on, on the lump in the carpet and another lump appears somewhere else. It's reactive, so proactive. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's perfect. And, and I think what that's what the strategic opportunities that we now have mean. Um, that we can use the, the the working groups, the fan forums that will 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 be um, working to the supporters board, can actually pull a lot of the work together now, um, and that's where then the role of the chair and the vice going to meet with the board on a regular basis um, means that we can take those issues and say, look, where would where do you want to be in three years' time? Where are you taking us? Um, because this is where the ticketing strategy needs to go to. This is where the the access strategy needs to go to. This is where the the disability strategy needs to go to. So it just gives us that leverage, um, really, not only to to hammer out details on a day-to-day basis, but to actually influence the club going forward. There you go. If you want to watch the full expert insight with Joe Blot on Spirit of Shankly and, of course, the new chair, as his role as the new chair of the supporters board as well. That is streaming right now on Red Men Plus, both in video and podcast form. Really interesting points. Exactly what the board's going to do, what it can change, what it can help going forward. And, of course, Joe and the guys at Spirit of Shankly, the roles that they're going to continue to do for Liverpool supporters from now until pretty much forever, really. Yeah, go and check that out, redmenplus.com. Um, speaking of changes off the field and all that kind of stuff, Dan, I'll come to you then. It was reported over the weekend uh, in the Times that uh, this the new deal for football that we've been talking about for a while mm-hmm. um, kind of set up to address the balance between financially between the EFL and the Premier League and all this kind of stuff. But obviously there's going to be some give and takes and the EFL want more money and the Premier League want X, Y and Z. I suppose the, let's talk about some of the headline news from that potential thing. And again, these are just proposals. Nothing's confirmed yet. And there's a meeting uh, tomorrow at time recording to just... To, to discuss more of this, but I suppose the but the one that stood out was the from twenty twenty four. They want to they want they're potentially going to scrap there the fourth round FA Cup replays entirely. Um, just talk. Let's we'll talk about that one first because yeah. 
apparently the pushback was the FL clubs might not want that because of obviously the chance to draw and get a big away game. But actually, mm-hmm. apparently, again, according to the times, some of the FL clubs are going, actually, no, one game might be better for us in terms of advancing to the next round of the competition. Are we more likely to beat Liverpool over two legs or can we can we, can we scrape an nil and get them to penalties? So I suppose that was the first one. It, it does feel like... Um, as it stands, the, the replays are on for the third and fourth round this year. They've been scrapped from the fifth round forwards. It's crazy, I understand. But right this second, they haven't made a decision about this season yet. But mm-hmm. it does feel like the, the replay system is probably on its way out now. Yeah, I think it's been made easier by obviously when we were playing in sort of COVID circumstances with all football being congested. The whole fixture schedule got changed in it and obviously replays were, were gone in that instance. Um, so it has given them... It's like when we've had these recent postponements. Almost all this, what's happened over the last few years, has given football like a, a view into what could be. And I think this is part of that. They're looking at what could happen and how we could make more money because the AFL in particular has obviously been hit hardest by all this. Because Premier League is always okay because of the, the overseas money that it gets from TV, right? It's obviously out of this world. And, and it's always going to be okay because of it. But EFL clubs in particular have to find different revenue streams and different money spinners and obviously replays are part of that especially if you can get a big club back to your place but I also understand the argument that if you could beat them over one game then that's obviously because we've obviously ended up just scraping past a few teams over replays and the last Shrewsbury springs to mind as well and so there are different ways of looking at it for me I'm a bit obviously a Liverpool fan but I'm a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to all this sort of stuff I a big fan of the FA Cup. I wouldn't want to see the League Cup go. I know a lot of European countries have got rid of that second competition. Um, I personally wouldn't do that. There, there are ways around it, and I think losing replays could be a good way of doing it, of reducing the schedule a little bit. I think the only my only concern with that is is I would still like to see monetary wise a benefit for the lower clubs. I don't see the benefit in Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea, whoever it may be. Getting half the money, or even you know, even less than that, out of one of these games. If it it's, means, as I mean, it's fifty-fifty, isn't it? Regardless, that's what I mean. Yeah. And I, don't, I actually don't think that's fair. Especially if you get rid of replays. I think, say, we got Grimsby at Anfield for argument's sake in the FA Cup third round, and there's no chance for replay. Say they were to draw the game, but we won on penalties, and Grimsby walk away with fifty percent of that money. That that doesn't sit well with me. I don't see how that's right. Well, like, we don't sense of that money is, is a lot of money. Is greater than the prize money for advancing to the next round. But it, so but, there's a but caveat that, there, isn't it? Of course, there? Yeah, But that prize money for advancing to the next round means the world to Grimsby. The apps that keeps the lights on for an extra twelve months at Grimsby. You know what I mean? But if we can just give them seventy five percent, a hundred percent of that gate receipt, or whatever it may be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get their money. So an FSG might have a different thought on that altogether. But at the same time, what is only small fry to us? means absolutely everything that's where this comes. Like I think that. the flip side is that's the point so there's talk that as part of these changes it will involve giving more money to. Which to. that's the that will that's the fact yeah. because the government have said if it doesn't happen then there'll be government intervention to make it happen I think the EFL won like 250 million more pounds or something like crazy so my, I think the point is well we're going to give you this money we need something back in return and maybe again the replays there was also talk uh, about FA Cup being played in midweek but I think that's kind of been vetoed I don't think that's something they wanted the League Cup one's the interesting one Dan kind of touched upon it on there there was there's no desire the top five clubs will not push for the League Cup to be scrapped however there is talks Lee, that teams who are in Europe either don't go in it or will play an under 21 side in it for me if that's the case, then you just get rid of it. It's it, you're either in it or you're not in it. If, for me, it, it makes no sense. Like with all due, like Liverpool under twenty ones or not, or like you know, say City. So this year there'll be no City, Liverpool, Chelsea, 
Mm. Tottenham, Tottenham Arsenal, Arsenal West Man United and West, West Ham. Ham. Mm-hmm. That's whoever wins that with all due respect, like it's like, yeah, well done, but you didn't really. You know what I mean? It's, it's like I'm a boxing fan and they have these like made up belts because the, the champion's busy fighting someone else or they bring this new belt in and it's like, well I'm the world champ, well actually you're not because the world champ's, you know, it's Canelo he just happens to, you're just like there's some whatever, if there's a little bit like that you're either, you're either in the League Cup or you're not I don't know what you, I, I disagree with the whole point of either European sides aren't in it or you play under 21s you're, it's, either, it's either a competition for the English Football League clubs or it's not I'm with you and if you look at the point we just discussed about um, the the, the whether we have replays and cape seats and all that stuff. Point two actually undermines point one in the, in the regard that, say we drew Tranmere, for instance, and it was at Prenton Park, and we turned up with the under-21s, it'll boost their gate, but it won't boost it the same way it would if we turned up with the first 11. Not at all, no. So, so point two actually undermines yeah. point one for me. So I'm with you, Steve. If, if that's the case, then, then maybe we make the League Cup for... Division one and below, or, or or yeah, something like that. Because at the end of the day, Championship clubs, hardest league in the world to get out of, don't always welcome the the distraction of a League Cup run because they want to get their league campaign and their league form up and running and have an opportunity to make it the hundred and fifty million pound game to get in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That for me, if you just put the under twenty ones in there, devalues the competition. It's that Papa John's thing that no one gives a fuss about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly it, right. Yeah. It's already happening. That. It's already a thing. You kind of, but also you don't because you. It is under twenty ones to an extent, but it's also your reserve. At least it's your reserve players. That's not really going to happen if it's the twenty ones. You know, you might be able to sneak one or two in there, but yeah, it'd be a bit. Look at, I, the, look at the, the sorry. Look at the Villa game when we went and played the World Club Championship, mm. and we got absolutely walloped. And was that fun for any of the spectators in there? For the hardcore Villa fans, yeah, because it's a Ahmed big. Ahmed Al Mohamedi enjoyed it, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 he celebrated yeah. like he won. Uh, yeah, that was his. Yeah. That was his Marco uh, Targhi moment. moment wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so at the end of the day, what, what was the who benefited from that? You game? are right. That would happen quite. Frequently. Frequently as well, because Liverpool under 21s could easily get drawn away to Aston Villa, Leicester, whoever it may be, and that's no good. That's no good. It's, 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 not, yeah. it's not good to watch, it's a poor yeah. spectacle. Undermines it, yeah, yeah. It's a poor spectacle. I suppose the, the best thing with the AFL, if it's talking about the League Cup, is just get rid of them two, the two legged semi final, fuck that off, and then that, yes. that'll help because more teams. I still I still maintain that one of the reasons teams aren't asked is because they look at the January and go, two legs arsed, in like, there. Just be arsed, kind of thing. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of teams don't try and win it because they just haven't got the squads for it. Um, the interesting thing I want to speak about this one. Um, there's talk about clubs being limited to spending a fixed percentage of their revenue in a calendar year on player wages, transfers, and agent fees. Kind of like UEFA's FFP, but like a more a Premier League slash English football owned one. Um, however, the top flight will only agree to that if the EFL do the same. So again, fair enough. So it's essentially you can't spend what you don't earn, although again. Manchester City have got the greatest commercial team in the world, so I'm sure they'll find a way to to, to do another amazing deal above market value because they must have the best commercial team in the world. Fair play to them, absolutely brilliant, well done. That you can get to Dubai to sponsor you and the Emirates, fair play. Like that must have been some hard graph for you guys, fair fucking play to use. But to some of the EFL, they want them to do the same, Dan, because what the, what the Premier League are saying is there are some championship teams who spend more on wages than they receive in revenue. Mm-hmm. So basically... You're asking us for more money, but it's because you're paying your staff wages. You can't afford to pay them. Your players, you know, there's, there's championship clubs whose wage bills are 120% of turnover, completely unsustainable. And then they're asking, actually, can we have some more money? I think what the Premier League, and I think the right to say this is that that's fine. We're ha- well, we're gonna give more money down to the FL, but you've got to be financially responsible with your money. 
you have you, there's got to be limits. I think there was talk of eighty percent, eighty percent revenue spent on between wages, transfers, and um, and agent fees. I can completely understand that because. The reason we're doing all these chats is because the people just worry about the EFL teams going bust, and we've mm. seen it happen in the in the very recent past. You know, yeah. Berry doesn't exist anymore no. because of, of financial. Derby stuff. were and close. Derby were on the on the brink, yeah. and there's teams all the time. We we see this a lot, yeah. uh, and again, a lot of that is due to bad owners, and not, it isn't all just this kind of things. But you can't say it's like saying we're spending all our money on wages. Give us some more money. It's actually no spend less on wages I can mm. I can see why the Premier League are saying we want to make football we want to make football pyramid more stable mm. and, and a proper pyramid that props up the Premier League well that's fine but you guys have got to act responsibly as well yeah it's in everyone's best interest isn't it because the Premier League the Premier League don't want to just forever be giving out handouts and listen it's an incredibly wealthy industry there's no two ways about that but every time anything goes wrong whether it be in the world or, or solely in football they don't want to be the ones who the EFL are coming to and go because Rick Parry isn't it, at the moment the chairman of the year. Rick Parry turns to Premier League and goes, you need to bail out us again you need to that's not what the Premier League exists for. The Premier League exists as its own entity to create money for itself and it gives us the product that we all know and love. The Premier League don't want to be turned around to every five minutes with a begging bowl and going, you need to give us this amount of money and this amount of money. So to make it sustainable, this has to happen because you're right, the Championship has been living on a wing in a prayer for a number of years now because it's that law of getting into the promised land. That's it, isn't it, Steve? I was going to say, That's what it is. Yeah, I was going to say is that the reason these teams and again there's sort of parachute payments cutting down so like mm. there's no ma- teams aren't just yo-yoing up to, because what's happened is teams get relegated with the parachute payments they're automatically most likely to come up because they can they, they can afford the big they, but they can afford to keep players on big wages they can afford better transfer fees so the other teams in the championship go the only way we can get up uh, potentially get up and get that, some of that Premier League big books is to, is to spend now so we're going to go over our wage bill and then it doesn't happen and they get fucked over so it makes sense that you reduce the parachute payments, but you say everyone you can't overspend, and then it does. Be, it all again. There'll always be some clubs who can spend more because that's what happens. You know, you're going to get more people watching Sunderland at home than you are get watching Luton at home. That's just the way it is. It is. But for them to say, actually, you you, you get up. You got, we're going to go up and down based upon real numbers and your ability to coach players rather than. Because we are, you know, there's, there's a team, Derby County, for example, we, we were nearly moments away from losing a team again. Like, it does need looking after. And rather than the, rather than having to come to the Premier League all the time and go, can I bail us out, bail us out, bail us out, can we do something, can we do something? Actually, the money will drip down. It should, in theory, prop the whole pyramid up from right to the bottom, right to the top. Again, provided it works out well. But it should go towards operating costs, not going to transfer budget. So if you get given £30 million, for instance, and that's just throwing a figure out there, that doesn't mean you go and play five, pay five players, journeymen from the Premier League, to come and play in your championship side because you think you can get across the line and get yourself into the Premier League and earn all that money. And it then becomes a risk worth taking. You're right, you should should be sustainable. You should not be spending more than 80% of, you, of what you earn. In any other business, these, yeah. these these businesses are insolvent and they don't survive. But because TV money being what it is and sponsorship being what it is, there's a rationale that when you sit down with the accountants and the people that put you into administration and take your business away from you, you can say, yeah, we might be £25 million in debt, but when the TV rights come next season, we'll redress the balance. In every other walk of life, these clubs would be insolvent as businesses. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to give them drip feed the money then you do it into their operating costs and it needs to be locked away from transfer fees and wages I think there was, a, there was talk again that they're going to do a fund where you can get money for 
upgrading your ground or doing mm. your training ground like a, a, exactly that kind of thing where yeah we'll give you you can have that but you can't again like you say you can't, you can't just spunk it all on, like, yeah. on wages for, from yeah trying to get a journey money to get your but they would they would Q- QPR yeah. are the worst example of this over the last few years in my opinion QPR spent crazy money and Fulham did to a certain extent a few years ago as well but QPR really pushed the boat out and obviously suffered on the back of it because they didn't manage to stay in the Premier Salford League Salford City doing it now Salford City doing it now but obviously at a lower scale but QPR were on were in dire straits quite frankly in the Championship because of what they've done and I wonder how much Forest have kind of done that this time they've gambled big on staying in the Premier League haven't they Mental. and it might end up biting them again in terms of effect on Liverpool it's the, it's the cup competitions and we'll see what comes of it my general point of view is that I would be pro getting rid of the replays. The League Cup thing, you're either in it or you're not. You're mm. either, either everyone's in it or you're not in it. Like, if you're going to scrap it, I, I, I wouldn't like that because I quite like the League Cup. But I, I, if, it, if it becomes a team's in Europe and in it or under 21 should be arsed. Like, I'm, I, nah, not for me. But we'll, we'll let us know again in the comment section below. Obviously, if you're not watching this live, let us know your thoughts on the domestic cup competition. It'd be interesting to hear the views of people, obviously, who don't live in England. You actually give a toss about the League Cup whatsoever as well. <laughs> because, like, hey, the reason I like going is that sometimes... It's easy. Easy to get tickets, yeah. cheaper tickets, get to see some players who you don't really... Like. I know a lot of people whose first ever games was a League Cup game because it just become easier. But, I get, again, I get the flip side. In a busy calendar, we've got a reformed Champions League on the way with even more football. In, in the, I, can, I can see why something's got to give. Who knows what it's going to be. My sense is, I'll be honest... I'm not sure the League Cup's here forever. I would be shocked if by 2030 it just doesn't exist anymore. It mm-hmm. goes the way of the old Cup Winners' Cup and, and all yeah, that. I, I, wouldn't, stuff, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked, but we'll see how that one uh, pans out. Right, um, before we go, we've got a couple more Discord, uh, couple of Discord comments. If you want to join our Discord chat, all you got to do is be a Red Men Plus Club Legend subscriber. One of the perks you get, you get tons of perks. One is the Discord chat. Um, We've got one from from Danny. So about you know the need for a break. Yes, I agree. I feel like we as fans have been so obsessed with transfers this summer and how the team would shape up, and the fact the season started three weeks early, so it felt like there was no break at all. So yeah, he's very much in. And he also says Fernando Torres goes back to another Aston Villa late winner. Torres nine ten when he scored in the, in the dying seconds in the rain. Yeah. That was a very good goal. I do remember what that one as well so yeah thank you very much guys for getting involved with the discord with the live chat as well uh, Dan thank you very much Steve thank you very much hello guys thank you as well um, German Scousers Wednesday 5pm go and get involved it's on redmenplus.com talking to Jürgen's best mate Campino I wasn't aware how big Campino was in Germany until I spoke to some German people he is absolutely huge he's a he's a rock star over in Germany but if you aren't aware of him he's also the guy who sang songs with Jürgen Klopp after Kiev and then once again after uh, the Champions League win in Madrid so yeah he's involved talk about the Beatles footy German culture everything really really good Evo Cy and all the team have done a great job on that so yeah 5pm German Scousers Wednesday the 21st redmenplus.com if you're watching this now look at that go and click click that scan that little QR code right there and get involved if you're listening to this like I say redmenplus.com we're going to have a quick break and then we're going to be over on Plus with Podcast Extra basically Podcast Extra for those of you who don't know and I quote it's the top secret uncensored Redmen show basically the shit that we can't possibly say on YouTube because we might get cancelled if you want to get involved in that one come over to Redmen Plus now we'll be chatting all about it and like I say on next week's Extra where we find out if what happens in Vegas actually stays in Vegas until then I'll catch you all later take care thank you so much 
much for that. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want more Red Men in your ears, then consider signing up to redmenplus.com. You get everything that's on the website in video and if you want it in podcast form. Uh, from £5 a month, redmenplus.com. You get two free items of merchandise every single season. If you sign up as a club legend, you get 20% discount codes every single month. Exclusive discounts from our partners as well as your name in the credits and each and every Red Men Plus show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.